Merry Christmas. If I say happy holidays, you will stone me. I know that. I'd rather not be stoned. This is a the last Sunday before Christmas. And it is always my privilege to speak a little bit, a short time, about the coming of our Lord into this world. And you know, Bill read in Luke about the good news. You know, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is good news. It's not bad news at all. It's not even close. It's always good news to have the Lord Jesus with us, in us, and we worship him this morning. Dean mentioned earlier that we don't have any more the beautiful sound system. We don't have the sound of the clavanova. We don't have many things. Uh, I, whenever we, uh, he mentions that, I start smiling. You know why? Because we're going to have them in the new church. And they're going to be there. And I'm looking forward to move to the new church and celebrate that beautiful Christmas next year there. Uh, I was there with Bill yesterday. It looks beautiful. And hopefully we'll move in January. And there we shall sing every hymn you want to sing. And praise the Lord for that. But better yet, I hope that he will come before we move. And then we don't have to celebrate Christmas. Because we will be joining the hosts of heaven. Enjoying the presence of the Lord and singing all kinds of joyful hymns, especially joy to the Lord, because we will be in the presence of the Lamb. There, there will be no memories anymore. It's face to face, and we we'll sit at his feet and worship him forever and ever. So, may he come before we move, okay? You're with me? And then we will enjoy it. And no one knew how wonderful the good news that Bill spoke about this morning. Uh, like the one disciple who walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. Who leaned his head on his heart, on his chest. Who uh, was mentored by the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is John, right? John, the Apostle John. And he wrote in... Uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, if you want to open it. Uh, we, we have a little bit of time to look at that. And he, no one could spread this beautiful good news or joy or the gospel. Like ver, ver, verse 1 in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was what? God. Verse 14. And the Word became flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we be beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. The Word became flesh. Who is qualified, most qualified, to tell us about the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, except John. He walked with him. 
and lived with him and enjoyed his presence. Especially, I wish I could describe the feelings of the apostle when he leaned his head on the Lord's chest. I wish I could describe it. But one day, we'll ask him, did he feel his heart palpitating? Did he feel the love? Under this inspiration, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John is saying, before Bethlehem was, he was. We didn't have to wait to, for Bethlehem. We didn't have to wait for that day when he was born. He was before that. But because he loved us so much, as you mentioned this morning, the Father loved us so much that he sent his only begotten Son. And the Word that was God, with God and was God, came to us. He dwelt amongst us. And he said God existed way before. Jesus Christ existed way before Christmas season. Way before Bethlehem. Way before anything else or everyone was created or was born. We thank God that he came to the world to show us the love of the Father. Think of that. To show us the heart of the Father. The love of the Father. In few days, the Christian world, which will be Friday, I believe, will celebrate the birth of the Savior. And a large percentage will take advantage or is taking advantage. Uh, I remember of the Christmas season to buy and sell and make profits. Isn't that what's happening? I went in September to buy. I go like weekly to Costco. And I looked in September. I was in my shorts and t-shirt, right? <laughs> Especially in this area. And look, they had some Christmas tree displayed. And I, I heard some Christmas carols in September, October, November, December. What happened to Thanksgiving? <laughs> you know, this is the season for selling and buying. This is the season it became to make profits. All we see around us, the lights, the decorations, the festivals, the stores, everything that is happening in, around us there is driven by the love of money. I hope I can say it's driven by the love of Christ. But few, and I thank God for the few. Few celebrate His coming as their Savior. And there is a special place in our hearts. For Jesus Christ, right? There is a special place for our hearts and the hearts of those few to celebrate that Christmas season. And my question today, is he accepted as the eternal Savior today? Is he given the welcome and honor he deserves? In the majority of the schools, I was reading, singing of Christmas carols is prohibited. The nativity scene is not allowed to be displayed now in many cities. In many circles today, Merry Christmas is not politically correct. I say Merry Christmas. And get away, get done with happy holidays, right? And season's greetings. It seems to me that there is no place for Jesus today in our communities. Isn't that 
a repeat of what happened in the first century when he came to the world. Isn't that a repeat of what's happened? The Bible clearly said in John 1.11, Dean spoke about that. He came to his own and his own what? Did not receive him. But thank God for the few I talked about. But those who received him, what happened? He, as many as received him, he gave the power or the right to become children of God. You children of God, shout, Jesus is alive today. And Merry Christmas to all of you and all the world. Because we are celebrating the true birth of Jesus Christ in our hearts. And this is, John's testimony was so great, so solid. Regardless, he says, of what the world thinks about our Lord and Savior. He was right, he says, from, I tell you, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1, you don't have to open it, but listen to what he says. What was from the very beginning that we have heard, you know, he is qualified to write that. Why? He was with the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, what we have heard. He leaned his head on his chest, right? And he followed him. And he was with him. And he watched him when he was dying there. What we've heard. What we have seen with our own eyes. What we beheld and our hands handled. I'm sure he put his arms around the Savior. Oh, what a feeling. Concerning the word of life. He is life, folks. And without him there is nothing. The prophet of old appreciates what John said in the Holy Spirit. He foretold about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said his name will be called Wonderful. He's not only he's not a prophet. He's God incarnated in the form of man. Take that and live for it. His name is, will be called Wonderful. He is not someone who came in the history and died and is married in a, is a, buried in a tomb. No. He is a Savior who rose from the dead and seated at the right hand of glory for you and for me. Amen. This is whom we are celebrating today. This is the Savior we have. We have a living Christ. And John's testimony is unbelievable. His, and then he continues the prophet, which is Isaiah, Isaiah. He is a mighty God, he says. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Eternal Father. And I have news for you. There will be no end to the increase of his government of peace. This is not... Only temporary. He came and gave us peace. And if you have the peace in your heart that passes understanding, I assure you one thing. It's an eternal peace. The world became flesh. Let me establish one thing for you. So you rest on that. The one who gives life must be alive. Are we in agreement on that? Okay. All prophets are dead. So-called prophets. Is there a prophet that you know who is still alive? Okay. All prophets in Christianity, outside Christianity, all the prophets and all the so-called gods of this world are no more. Jesus Christ conquered death and lives forevermore. 
When John, John saw him on the Isle of Patmos, the same John who was banished on the Isle of Patmos, when he saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he fell at his feet as a dead man. But listen to the words here. The Lord put his right hand upon him saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. There is no prophet who can say that. Because there is no prophet alive who can claim that. I am the first and the last. And the living one. And I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever. And I have the keys to death and hell. Who can claim that except the Lord Jesus Christ? Praise be to his name. And this is the one we are celebrating his birth today. So, you are celebrating the birth of a living Savior. Church, we have a living Savior. We have a living God. We have a baby born just to remember how he came to the world and celebrate it and enjoy it. Let us rejoice for this baby as we sang in the hymns this morning, still rules the world with his truth and grace. We are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. Hallelujah. What a savior. In John verse 1, 2 and 3, the Bible says, all things were made by him. This is, this is someone who lived with him. This is not a just a fable. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made by him. This is the baby of the manger that we are worshipping. Our environment was made by him. Just remember. We tend to, uh, tend to forget. Remember. Our environment was made by him. Our lives were made by him. Who created you? You better believe that. He created everything around us. Things seen and things unseen. In fact, Paul writes in Colossians 1.17, He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. Without him was nothing made that was made today. Nothing is possible in this life without God. Let's remember whom we are worshipping and celebrating. Without Jesus, people can create nothing. All those people who try to make things and come with their own creation. If they were not given the power in their mind to create, they cannot do anything. Because God is the source of every good gift under the sun. Nothing is possible in this life without Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, people can create nothing. Without the Savior, people can accomplish nothing. He is the source of everything. So shout, dear Christian, and sing, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Know who you are worshipping today. He gives life and he gives it eternal. This is, he said in John, writing again. We are sticking to John mostly today. In John 10.10, the Lord says himself, I have come to give them life and life eternal. 
You have eternal life. If you are a Christian today, saved by the grace of God, and you know where you stand vis-a-vis the Lord Jesus Christ, today you can say, God has given me eternal life, and I am going to see more abundant life the moment I step into his presence. He came to save. And people try to explain Christ and the life as coming from the sun. Did you ever hear that? Those of you who go to college, yes, like this. Uh, this. Well, life comes from the sun or from fire or from a process of evolution. People may actually admit they don't understand life, but they do admit there must be a source. I have news for you. He is the only source and no one else. Amen. Listen to the, what the Bible says. In him was life and the life was the light of men. He is also the source of light. Didn't he say, I am the light of the world? That's the baby. He's the source of peace. He's, he said, peace I give unto you, not like the world gives. And if you are a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. The peace that you have in your heart is surpasses all understanding. In any area of our lives, he has put, with the moment we took him as Savior, he has replaced all our sorrows with the joy of the Savior. Oh, praise God. And my question today, I don't know the hearts of the people, have you this wonderful life? Have you this joyful life? Did you experience the true meaning of his coming? Do you have in your heart the assurance of his salvation? And you know what? People question. As Bill mentioned this morning, when the shepherds heard that I have good news for you, you shall go to Bethlehem and you will find a baby. In a manger. Did they question that? May God give us the simplicity in our hearts. And the faith. And this is not a subject for debate, believe me. Many people debate. Oh, who told you that Christmas happened on the 25th of December? I don't care. If it's appointed by the Christian world that Christmas happens to be on the 2nd of August, I will celebrate it. Do you have a problem with that? Those who have a problem, you know what? They are creating questions to deviate from the purpose of His coming to the world. If I have Jesus as my Savior, I don't care when He came. Who told you that he came? I know the Greek Orthodox Church celebrates Christmas on the 6th of January. Well, hell, let me tell you one thing. I will celebrate it with them. Amen. And I will preach the gospel to them. And if it's in in September, I will celebrate it. Don't go on these things. This is not a subject for debate. His coming... Or his salvation. Don't try to debate that. Try to understand why he came.
He came to save you and to save me. And changed your life and mine. And hallelujah, he changed my life 52 years ago. Now you know that I, when I took Jesus as my Savior, I, he said, no turning back, no turning back. And I enjoy Christmas every year. And I celebrate Christmas my way every year. And thank God, because the Lord has given me his peace that passes all understanding. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, we read, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you know that you are without a Savior, let me say it humbly and let me say it lovingly. You are lost. If you don't have the Savior in your life, you are a lost person. You are a perishing person. Being a man or a woman or a young man. But he came. He left, he left his domain. And took the form of a man. Born in a manger. We heard that. Grew up in a poor home. Loved by few. Hated by many. Mocked, spat on. Chased out of towns. Get out of our town, they told him. Lived like a stranger. Then ridiculed, ridiculed, laughed at. Crucified and died. But thank God he rose again. And he is our living God. You may, you may say, well, Adol, you're pushing me. I'm still young. I'm still going to college. Or I'm going in high, to high school. Or you say, I'm still young and I want to enjoy life a little bit, a little bit more. I want to have a carefree life. I don't want to accept the, the Lord as my Savior now, maybe later. I want to party. Well, this is the time for it. You can go and party. I want to have fun. You can go have fun. I want to explore life and its joys. You think they are, there is joy outside Jesus Christ? There is only brokenheartedness outside Jesus Christ. I want to build a future. Well, uh, well, good. Go to college. Study well. Build a future. But build it while Jesus Christ is your Savior. I want to succeed. I, ha- I want to have a good name. Well, you can do all this. But do you have the inner peace and joy of the Savior who came to this world over 2,000 years ago? Do you have the assurance that you will have a future? Time is running by. There's a story of a young woman. Her name is Charlotte Elliot. She was very charming, talented, vivacious. Young people hear this. A vivacious young woman, and known all around England as a carefree Charlotte. Carefree Charlotte. She was a composer. She was an artist. A singer. And always the life of the party. So many people like to do that and be that. But when this talented woman was just 30 years old, she was struck with an illness that left her an invalid for the rest of her life. Tied to a wheelchair. 
she became listless, depressed, lost all, all joy of life. And one day she was visited by Cesar Milan, a well-known Swiss evangelist. I'm telling you a true story. You can check it out after that. He sensed that Charlotte was distressed. He heard about her. He traveled to England and met with her and told her the following words. Charlotte, you must come to Jesus. As you are a sinner, as a sinner, you must come to the Lamb of God, the giver of life, who takes away the sin of the world. And this is what I'm talking about today. Charlotte responded immediately, placing her faith in Jesus Christ for relief and salvation. She experienced an inner peace that she never experienced before. She experienced a joy that lasted until her death at the age of 82. In spite of her grave illness. To express her joy at the end of her life. To express her joy to the Lord who changed her life and gave her a wonderful meaning to her life. She sat down being a great composer and wrote the hymn, Just as I am without a place. She wrote it, she, she said, I want to describe the joy and experience of his coming to my heart. And before I leave you today, I will tell you with all my heart, this is the purpose of his coming. is to change your life and mine. To seek and to save those who are lost. And this is what Christmas is all about. It's not just a beautiful story. It's not the nativity scene that people are fighting. It's not shopping. It's not a busy season and a holiday season. It's not jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. It's not that. It's not that. Do I sing? It's not a star in the sky. And certainly not a star on top of your Christmas tree. It's not about angels and shepherds and wise men. There's a deeper meaning for Christmas. And this is what the Lord said himself in the mouth of Isaiah of old. And he repeated it in Luke also. He said, I came to bring good news to the afflicted. I came to mend the brokenhearted. I came to proclaim liberty to the captives. I came to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Are you a prisoner of sin today? Jesus came to heal you. Are you brokenhearted? Jesus came to mend the brokenhearted people. Are you listless and depressed? Jesus came to give you joy. And then you can say, Merry Christmas. This power heads for prayers. If I'm speaking today to any person
who has not experienced the joy of Christmas, who did not experience yet the beautiful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you will say, Lord Jesus, I want you to come to my heart like this woman. I want to come just as I am. I am not going to wait. If you're looking to go and have fun, if you're looking to go and say, I want to live a carefree life, I tell you one thing. The end of a carefree life is destruction forever and ever. But the end of a life given to Jesus Christ is eternal life. I have come to give them life and life more abundantly. If there is someone here in the audience this morning that has not experienced the Lord Jesus as his Savior, while every head is bowed, every eye is, eye is closed, if you want me to pray for you, just lift up your hand and I will pray for you. Say, Lord, I want to take Jesus as my Savior at this Christmas season. Is there someone? I will pray for you. Don't leave, don't leave this place without having the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And then you can go and celebrate Christmas. Or you can say this prayer in your heart. Lord Jesus, I come to you as Charlotte Elliot came to you. Just as I am. Take me and change my life. And give me your joy. That's what you can do. Our Father, we thank you for the privilege. Still the liberty that we have in this country. To proclaim the good news. Jesus, Jesus saves. And we thank you for this time that we can celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you he came to our lives. And we pray that he will come to many lives until we see him again. May you keep working on our hearts. May we live to honor you. May we live to tell the world the good news that we have. May we have the acceptance in our heart, the way, the simplicity of accepting the Savior, the way these shepherds accepted him, and go and proclaim him as the only Savior in this world. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.